All right, I'm testing out this microphone because I don't have a stand for it right now. <laughs> and I'm just holding it in my hand. And I want to see how the sound is like. I think I'm going to record an episode in Colombia, in Medellin. Yeah. <laughs> God, I have a gorgeous view. Oh my God, what a perfect, perfect place to record some good ass footage. <laughs> I'd say the sound check has been passed. It's pretty good. Um, me just holding the microphone is pretty chill. I like it. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. So what I wanted to talk about, um, having established, I suppose, my mental state <laughs> growing up, um, just being exposed to like weird shit and having a awareness of like this unseen the unseen forces uh, i guess you could say um and also just experiencing this like paralysis that was freaking nuts um so yeah i was i want to say like mentally I, w- I was quite fragile i'm not there anymore i'm so good now but man has, i've come a very long way that aside I wanted to share that my story I don't want to call it my story because I mean yeah I guess it's my story but (laughs) I don't know I just I don't I don't identify with it because it's not who I am like I've experienced this stuff but I don't let it define me if that makes sense and I feel like that's also where it's like mental stability comes in is uh like um separating myself from what i've been through as a person because it's not who i am these are just events that occurred and you have a choice you either rise or you become a victim to them you know you take the lessons or you walk around pissed off and blame everything else instead of looking inward and finding some sort of reflection or pivotal um, perspective to benefit you in the long run so my family is the first generation here in america i came here from poland when i was five years old and yeah we were just like here on our own just chilling we had some like i guess distant cousins uh maybe like an aunt but um again this wasn't like immediate family all the families back in poland and so like growing up not having anyone around in terms of like cousins aunts or like that was hard that was that was that fucking sucked um and why did it suck because uh my dad he's um he's an addict and so growing up with somebody who just it it affected everyone around him you know it was very difficult it didn't really peak until like my high school years but i was very aware of his problem with alcohol from a very young age um and i had a conversation with my mom actually Uh, which was so interesting because she was very much oblivious to it. Like, she just didn't know. Um, And I feel like this is also where being a first generation comes into play because my parents worked so hard to make ends meet. And nonetheless, it was... We grew up in poverty, you know? Like, we didn't really have money to spend. Um, And there was always this, like, scarcity in the air of like oh well um we can't we can't get this we can't do that because we need to pay the bills or 
I'm sure a lot of people can relate to just like growing up poor, <laughs> you know? And yeah, so uh, it's really unfortunate. I'm not, I don't want to go into details about how things were, um, but I do also want to say, and I feel like I need to say this because I know there's people out there um, that have probably experienced the same things I have. Uh, and I just want you to know that you're not alone. Um, things, they can get better. You know, just accept that, that maybe they can get better and allow life to show you that it will. Um, but I was, wow, holy shit. I was molested as a child. Um, and then when I was a teenager, I um, unfortunately was also raped. Um, these are like crazy circumstances. I can't believe I'm saying this to the public. That being said, I feel like the sleep paralysis was a way of my body and my conscious kind of like agreeing that my body is not a safe place to be and so I would be like slipping into like another world does that make sense um but yeah and honestly like when I I blocked those memories out completely like believe me I I had no idea they existed until I swear to god I was probably like I think 20 um, there was a day, it was literally a day I woke up and literally just like a flood of memories of what happened like in the past, you know? And I like stood there like in complete shock because I, my brain did everything in its power to block those memories out. It's insane, like, what the human mind is capable of. And I think it happened because in that point of my life, I moved out on my own. And in a way, this was an opportunity for me to create my own, like, safe space, if that makes sense. So I feel like that subconsciously was registered and the mind was like, all right, time to let the waters loose, open the floodgates. And so I was bombarded with these, like, uh, oh my gosh, horrible memories, um, and I had no idea, like, what to do. <laughs> oh, no. It was so scary. Um, and during that time, I would also experience, like, PTSD from just uh, dealing with an alcoholic father who was, like, mentally and physically abusive and just everything that came with that. I would experience PTSD throughout the day. There was a day I, I woke up in the morning and... I felt good. I was getting ready for work. And then as soon as I stepped outside, just like the way the temperature of the air and like the sun and just everything about the environment that I just stepped out into reminded me of, of a specific memory. And I, I didn't know what, like that entire day was just a trip. Basically it was like, I was just experiencing that over and over again it was very scary yeah and like oof, it, was, it was so rough <laughs> um it was really rough and the thing about um like growing up with this uh 
with a person who struggles with addiction is that you learn to live with them. So you learn to tiptoe around them. You learn to cater to them to survive. That's literally it. And that was my mom her entire life. That became me. That became my siblings, you know. Until um, things really picked up with his behavior. You know, it was bad, but then there were moments of, like, I guess calmer waters. We'd still be tiptoeing. But then his behavior would flare up. Oh, it's interesting because it was never, there was never calm waters, if I'm being honest. Um, no, there wasn't. But there was a pivotal moment when he never, like, made us feel safe, you know? Um, there was a pivotal moment where it was just downright <laughs> hell. <laughs> We weren't able to sleep. He was, like, tormenting us, um, demanding things from us. It was not good. Uh, and growing up in that type of environment, I would do everything in my fucking power to be out of that goddamn house. I didn't care. I did everything I could. Um, and I ended up moving out at 18, you know. But um, around, like, senior year of high school is where things really took a turn. And I had to sit my mom down and tell her, I'm like, Mom, we can't live like this. Like, you need to divorce him. You, we cannot continue living like this. Like, something's going to happen to one of us, to any of us. Like, this is, like, we're in danger, and I remember having this conversation with my mom and she, I feel like she knew, like she knew this is what had to be done, but she didn't want to believe it because she loves him. She loved him. You know, it's her husband. She's had three kids with him. They moved across countries, like an entire ocean, you know, like there's a lot of, there's a lot there. And I remember that day and she was she was like, wow, like, is, is this really what you guys, like, want me to do? Like, is this something that, like, needs to happen? And I remember talking to her, being like, yes, mom, please. Like, please, we need, we need out. <laughs> um, and so that process began, and what that entailed was filing police reports at night, sneaking out of the house when he was asleep, um, to create a case and um it's very interesting because he is he's a very very manipulative person he is my dad like i do love him despite everything i've done a lot of work i've done a lot of contemplation i've done a lot to make peace to really genuinely make peace and believe me when i say that because i wouldn't say it if it wasn't true that i've made peace with everything I really have. I've let it go. Because holding on to it would only create obstacles for me in the future. And I understood that. Separating from him was just the beginning. Because it was hard. And 
oh man, it was just so long story short, um, these police reports, uh, you know, a case, right? And we ran away. We literally had, um, there was an organization that helped us. Um, they arranged housing for us. And there was a day that we would move into, into this place. Um, we actually had, we actually got keys to it sooner. And me and my mom, we would pack up our clothes. We would pack up our things in large trash bags like during the day or like in the morning after my dad would leave, we would put them in the trunk and then at night, you know, we would drive and drop off the stuff for the day that we were to like officially move into this apartment. We just didn't, it'd be less things, you know? Um, and that was, God damn, <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> So this is all happening like junior, senior year. Um, I want to say sophomore, freshman. It was just all a lot of shit. <laughs> a lot of shit. This is what I mean when a lot of moving parts were happening. Um, and then trying to like function in school. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> there were some nights we literally would not sleep because he was, we would lock ourselves in the bedroom and he'd be like banging on the door to like three in the morning. Like, I, God knows why (laughs) like he would not let us sleep sometimes it was school nights he didn't care it was just you know it's 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 hard it's different when you're dealing with an addict we moved we literally like packed up all our stuff in uh in the car and god my mom's fucking pure heart she literally got him a Costco pizza and left it on the table for him to have after he comes home from work because she fucking she just like this is how devoted she was her love to him you know and uh, I feel like that also ties into this like generational trauma of like catering to the man because of fear because you like need a safe space and altering your behavior creates that safe space do you know what i'm trying to say i don't want to get sidetracked but anyway so the day we left i just remember thank you to uh my friend that helped me out that day you know who you are it was just horrible it was so horrible the emotions were so high oh my god are you kidding me just remember being in the car me like i can't believe the one person that should be keeping us safe should be protecting us that should be supporting us like we have to dip (laughs) like we have to fucking run literally run away from him um and it was just wow it's just so intense you know and that was just the beginning because um Oh, God, visitations and just all of that. You know, my siblings and my mom had, like, an order of protection, but I it was around the time I turned 18, and for some reason, I was not under that order of protection. And it's because I felt like I needed to be this middleman in order to, like, keep peace in some way and keep amends with, like, both parties, meaning my mom and my dad, so that my siblings can have some sort of relationship with him. 
Like, what? Are you kidding me? I, uh, I have let that responsibility go, let me tell you. That's not, that's not mine. That's not, that's nobody's, you know? That's, I feel like I was also in denial of, like, the nature, the severity of the situation and just how much, um, how much of a danger he was to us. After they separated, we separated from him, there was just regular visitations, and then there was supervised, and then he stopped coming to those. God, he would, like, follow us home sometimes. It was fucking scary. My mom woke up one day, and her tires were slashed. You know what I mean? Like, this type of behavior. He was a, he's literally a danger to us. Um, unpredictable. Literally. And very manipulative. Like... God, he would take advantage of me specifically because, as I mentioned, I didn't have this, like, order of protection, right? So what would that mean? That, that meant that I, I was able to, like, see him um, if I wanted to. And I did because he's my dad and I fucking love him, you know? And I wanted to have a relationship with him. And me, being the person that I am, felt like, oh, I could heal him. Oh, I could fix him. No, the fuck I can't. Are you kidding me? That's not anybody's responsibility to heal anybody. That's the person's responsibility. It is your sole duty to be a decent human being in this life, in this world. Nobody else's. And if you're blaming somebody for your behavior, what? It's Wake up is what I have to say. Um, but anyway... Yeah, just like, mm. and it was such a dysfunctional father-daughter relationship. Oh my God, it was so bad. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm not going to go into like the situations I found myself in because it's just uh, eh. it's not meant to be shared, man. It's just, just believe me when I say it was really bad, um, really bad. That no 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 year old should ever be in. I am 25, and it wasn't until last year that I actually completely cut him off. Didn't cut the cord until last year. Can you believe that? After all of that, um, and it was still so hard because my heart is pure and I wanted him to do well. Because, you know, the thing about me not even about me just because you see someone's potential doesn't mean they're there and i saw his potential through the entire time i saw it but he wasn't he was nowhere near it yeah he's like borrowing money from me there was so many moments where he actually he was like in jail at one point and then out of nowhere he shows up at the job i was working at like Dude, I was, I think I was like 18 or 19 and he just like shows up like from jail. And so when my manager came up to me being like, oh, your dad's at the front. I like laughed because I'm like, well, she don't know, but <laughs> no, he ain't, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he was, he left, like he, he was, um, he was discharged and he made his way to my job. <laughs> oh my God. He had no place to live. I had to pay for his hotel and, like, figure that shit out. You know what I'm saying? And it was, like, this, like, oh, like, yes, I'll help you. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, get out of here. No. <laughs> oh, wow. What a lesson. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And if there's something that I learned, it is that it's not going to stop unless you choose. You choose otherwise. <sighs> he wouldn't call, like, to wish us happy birthday. Um, we would be the ones reaching out to him. Like, it's... I, I believe it's the parents that should... Uh, like keep a relationship with their offspring <laughs> with their children um i don't think it's the freaking children's responsibility to have a relationship with their parents of course a relationship you know is a two-way street but the phone works both ways you know what i'm saying I would receive voicemails from him, like death threats. I'm not joking, you guys. Like, and I feel like, like I need to share this because I'm sure there's other people that can relate to this or have had similar situations and just know that it does get better. But you have to set those firm boundaries. They will manipulate you because they know how much you love them and they will use that against you like he knew the soft spots and it's just really scary how um blinded you could be but those boundaries are so important like you need to know your value but yeah um so that was my childhood just like dealing with that um and because I'm sensitive by nature, I would absorb like just the atmosphere of what home was and I hated it. That's why I did everything in my power to um, not be there. I'm sharing this and this is a very bold move. I know it is. This is the part of my personal life. I wouldn't share this if I didn't feel like I if I didn't feel like this could help someone else, because I'm here to tell you I'm on the other side and I'm big chillin', like so good. Life is unfolding finally in my favor. My entire childhood, I, I'd say, was like a series of unfortunate events, truly. And now I'm learning to kind of let go of control and trust that, hey, things can work out. They really can, okay? Like, sit your booty back down on the chair. Enjoy that nice, chilled glass of water. And just relax. Life is fucking difficult sometimes. It really is. And it's, you know, the lessons can be so brutal. Biggest takeaway is boundaries. Learning my value, my worth. Um, I do not deserve. I didn't deserve any of that, you know? Um... And I'm finally realizing this, like, yeah, no, I didn't. What? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I suppose this is my credibility for creating this podcast. And, you know, having to deal with all that, I, um, I had no other choice but to figure it out. To figure out how to be sane in my mind. Um, bombarded by memories of trauma and pain and all of that. I read a lot of books on self-help. This is going to be the main focus of this podcast, self-help. I want people to bloom 
you know, I want people to be inspired. And I know that not everyone's going to understand this. I'm fine with that. I am peachy. I know what's best for me. And this is what it's come down to, you know? Bit of a heavier episode. (laughs) But I felt that it was necessary to address this, to let it out, let it go. Because I am now building a beautiful life. One that I will be very proud of and one that that is filled with peace, love, and safety. Things that I didn't, didn't have much of growing up. There was love, but it was conditional. A life of freedom. A toast to creating a life of freedom. And so I release this burden off of me because it is no longer mine to carry. And I hope that someone listening can see through me as an example that things can get better. You have to do the work internally. No one's going to do it for you can't be playing the blame game, the victim game. I'm not asking for pity or sorrow. I pitied, I pitied myself my entire life. I'm <laughs> way past that. I'm done. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed episode two. <laughs> uh, it's a different one, but I felt that it was necessary. I will see you guys in episode three. Um, something to look forward to. I would like to talk about like what got me through it what really helped me just continue on when i was in the thick of it i will i'd like to talk about some books that i've read that have really shifted my mindset and perspective on um all of this and i guess the importance of self-reflection yeah Hope you have a great rest of your day, night, morning, evening. I'll see you next time. Peace.